Hello once again everyone, thanks for joining. Uh, this will be, I think I think it's the third one. Yeah, it's the third poolside with Pokestarter chat that we're going to have. Um, I'm super excited for this one. I think a lot of you are as well. Um, if you're familiar with the project, Cryptoverse is, I mean, I won't do too much of an introduction, but essentially one of the most exciting gaming related metaverses that are coming out very, very soon. Um, I know you guys, if you're familiar with Pokestarter, are probably familiar with Cryptoverse as well, given the fact that it was actually our first NFT land sale on the platform. Um, before we get started, um, I just want to remind you that obviously, once again, uh, since you know it's becoming a, a favorite theme uh, for you guys, we're doing POAPs once again. So keep an, an ear out, I guess. Um, for the secret code towards the end of the session. Uh, we did try to get you a few more POAPs, so hopefully it doesn't mint out before all of you get uh, you know, your hands on one. Um, but once again, keep your ears perked towards the end of the session. We'll share a secret code. But I wanted to start off, I think we've got, we've got Cryptoverse on board here. Um, I wanted to start off by giving kind of a, a quick, short introduction to what we're about to do uh, if you just joined for the very first time. So Poolside with Pokestarter is essentially this podcast where projects come together to discuss the hottest topics in crypto in a very informal and conversational way. On today's session, we meet once again, as discussed, Cryptoverse, the first NFT land sale on Pokestarter. Cryptoverse is a 3D metaverse that's part of the Chain Guardians ecosystem. I'm not going to spill too much. Uh, I'll let you guys find out more from Rob uh, once we start diving in. But, you know, that being said, welcome to the podcast, Rob. I would like to start by asking you to just very briefly introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks very much, uh, Omar. And once again, thank you to Pokerstar for uh, organizing this event. Uh, I know a lot of work goes into that, so it's, um, you know, really appreciated. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm Robbie. I am a co-founder of uh, Cryptoverse, um, as well as uh, Chain Guardians and one of the senior members of Chainboost, uh, all part of the, 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 the same ecosystem, uh, typically underpinned from a governance perspective by CGG. Um, so yeah, um, you know, my, my role, uh, incorporates basically, um, leading, uh, several teams, which are part of, uh, building, uh, the, the cryptoverse. And also I was the, the writer of the, uh, light paper, which hopefully many of you have, uh, had a chance to have a read through. So I'm, I'm super excited, you know, to, to be here and talking about cryptoverse, some of the progress that we've had since the, uh, amazing, uh, sales that occurred on, on poker starter. Um, thank you for everybody that's uh, participated in uh, showing the faith uh, in us um, to, to support and uh, obviously be a part of Cryptoverse. Um, so yeah, uh, hopefully that is sufficient as an intro, Omar. No, definitely, definitely. Thanks for that, Robbie. Um, I guess let's let's dive straight into it for people that are maybe just joining for the first time and perhaps don't know too much about Cryptoverse. Could you tell us a bit more about what is Cryptoverse? Yeah, certainly. And it, it, it's an interesting question um, because obviously I, I, I often think that you almost have to take a back step from saying, you know, what is the actual product? Because, um, you know, even to, to, to actually describe what a metaverse is um, takes a little bit of work uh, and there's different kind of interpretations. And until we understand what a metaverse is, then, you know, it's difficult to describe what cryptoverse is because, you know, I would argue that it's a metaverse. OK, so. Um, I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to assume there's um, a good amount of knowledge uh, as to what a metaverse is, and that's why people are, um, you know, uh, joining this session to hopefully learn a little bit more about cryptoverse directly. So uh, I'm going to assume knowledge around uh, the word metaverse and basically describe cryptoverse. So uh, cryptoverse is um, a, 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 you could argue a 4D metaverse. 
uh, 4D meaning, you know, um, because you've got no space and time kind of uh, constraints uh, or like, you know, basic rules around physics and gravity, you're able to manipulate the space-time continuum to, let's say, change buildings, change uh, the daylight time. You know, you, you can have a 12-hour day in the metaverse, for example, which means that you've got like a four-dimensional kind of experience. Um, so, yeah, a 4D metaverse, if you like, uh, which is underpinned by blockchain technologies, um, namely the Ethereum blockchain and uh, Polygon for uh, ownership of NFTs, um, as well as uh, Unreal technology for um, you know the the, the actual uh, gameplay or the social experience that you would all you would all witness, um, and um, it's you know got various obvious uh, elements of tech, but principally it's uh, a space where users can. Uh, participate in forming the world around them, either actively through uh, building inside and or participating in governance in terms of, let's say, world building. That can be rules uh, such as like, you know, how, how users are positively rewarded or how they are, let's say, punished if they are a bad actor or misbehaving. Um, and also it combines a variety of different, uh, let's say, industries or disciplines uh, to bring together different types of experience. So you can have like social experiences such as exploring, interacting with, with peers and friends, uh, going virtual shopping, uh, all the way through to like gaming experiences as well. So we'll be encouraging, um, you know, Web3 uh, blockchain gaming developers to deploy their content and games into the metaverse as well. Um, and that's just kind of scratching at the surface, really. So, um, you know, the the reason that it's described by ourselves as kind of a collective a place or a metaverse of collective imagination is that we are encouraging uh, all of the community members and users to be part of actively building uh, this world. So hopefully that is sufficient as a uh, a brief introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks once again. Yeah, definitely. That definitely will do as an introduction. I guess maybe a question that kind of is always in the back of people's minds when we talk about different metaverses that come out is essentially what's different with with cryptoverse compared to you know other metaverses that are out there. Like, what is the differentiator for me to kind of choose to hop on cryptoverse rather than hop on you know anything else uh, out there in the market? Yes, for sure. And, you know, I, I always appreciate this question because um, it, it kind of uh, enables me to just touch on a couple of points. I think first and foremost, from, from my perspective, if we're talking about a metaverse as a product, um, and I mean, when I, when I talk about a product metaverse, I, I'm referring to, say, um, sandbox, decentraland, uh, crypto voxels, and some of the other kind of uh, uh, protocols or platforms out there. Um, you know, I, I like to start by saying that, you know, typically I, I don't like to consider them as, as, um, as, as like, let's say, um, competitors per se, because in a decentralized kind of blockchain world, which is underpinned by NFTs and the, the, the kind of principles of uh, interoperability and empowering the users, I think that all of these platforms should be working towards a place at some point in the future where uh, there's interoperability amongst these platforms to empower users as much as possible. But of course, you know, it, there's always kind of uh, some, some re you know, really key thinking that needs to go into which metaverse uh, a, a user may want to actively be more uh, participating um, because it's, it, you know, everybody's constrained by time uh so you can't unfortunately probably spend all your time in, um, in in different metaverses so in terms of the differences or the differentiators for ourselves there's there's, there's quite a number um both from an infrastructure point of view from a world building perspective 
um, and also from like a probably a community perspective, to be completely honest. But um, just to just to kind of highlight a couple of them, I I, I would argue that you know the, from an infrastructure point of view, in terms of uh, empowering users for uh, monetization purposes, that Cryptoverse is is very unique. Um, for example, most um, most metaverses have their land ownership NFTs typically just on one chain. Uh, whereas for ourselves, uh, we we assessed uh, or are implementing a model uh, whereby um, um, estates are owned on Ethereum uh, and singles are owned on uh, Polygon, and that's just based on kind of assessing, uh, you know, the, let's say um, the best user experience for the users in terms of let's say trading opportunities uh, or even let's say uh, for. Um, what we call sharding or, or, or combining lands, which is a tool that we're looking to build on the roadmap, which empowers users to basically combine lands uh, or, for, or segment them, giving them more opportunities, say, for example, for uh, resale, uh, if they only want to sell a part of an estate or, or if they want to, uh, like, let's say, uh, work with developers to, to monetize that content or if they even want to rent it out. So you get that flexibility in approach um, from that infrastructure point of view. And again, that's that tool does not exist uh, anywhere else other than our metaverse. Um, obviously, Decentraland, they, they have a, an estate that you com can combine and that you can uh, kind of uh, break up. But um, our tool goes um, infinite layers. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's nothing theoretically stopping users from sharding from, um, you know, like two or three times, depending on the size of space that they want to work with. And that's the power of the tool that we've been building. Um, beyond that, so that's just from an infrastructure point of view. Um, also, we can I can point towards Unreal Engine Five. We're one of the very few metaverses. Typically, it's most of the defined or let's say established metaverses, i.e., DCL um, and say Sandbox, they're typically either built for browser and/or they are uh, like some sort of Unity wrapper. Uh, whereas our focus is on uh, high fidelity or high quality AAA graphical content through Unreal Engine 5, um, which is, you know, again, a, a, a fairly key differentiator. So just on a couple of points about the infrastructure there, but there's, there's, there's a number more from an infrastructure layer as well. Um, but on the, um, I would say, let's say the world building side of things as well, I think that there are features uh, that we are looking to integrate into the uh, website uh, sorry into the uh, metaverse which don't uh, exist across across other uh, metaverses and again this is just as a result of the of, of my experience and one of my co-founders Idom's experience of leading teams to build inside some of these other de decentralized worlds that we were an early part of uh, and looking to kind of hone that user experience and uh, you know the gamification and the social experiences which exist uh, more finely than what what you would probably find, or we would argue we would find across some of the other other metaverses. Uh, examples will include like um, an inbuilt um, uh, like travel layer, so infrastructural infrastructural travel. So we'll have like a sky rail that goes around uh, the entire land. We have various airports. Uh, we will have like a vehicle uh, kind of like taxi services and such uh, and so on like that. Uh, on top of that as well, I think you could look towards the building experience, which is really important, obviously, for users that are looking to actively participate in metaverses. This is a key characteristic of what should all metaverses should have is to empower, uh, you know, third party providers, whether that be businesses, brands or indeed community members and users 
uh, to have flexible building tools. Um, as of right now, most metaverses have really kind of limited building experiences, and that's probably in principle because of the type of metaverse platform that they are looking to deliver. For example, the sandbox is very much a gamified uh, metaverse, and it's obviously they're building some really cool tools which enable users to build kind of games and stuff. But they're not really as focused on, uh, let's say, social experiences um, and enabling, let's say, uh, I know brands are coming into Sandbox, but it's probably not the, the paramount goal that their, their focus is on building gaming experiences. Some uh, Decentraland is slightly different in the sense that, let's say, it's it's more focused towards probably social at this moment in time. And the game game tools and game side of things is probably not as well as established. There are some games building there, but they're, they're not in mass use or, or, or kind of mass uh, production as yet. So, um, you know, typically the, the, the metaverses as of right now, they, they are centered upon, let's say, one discipline. Uh, Cryptoverse, we're taking a more holistic approach. Um, we're starting with the social experiences because without people and without people in the world, um, you know, building it then uh, and interacting with it, then there is no metaverse at all. But we're obviously with our background in uh, blockchain game development, we're looking to incorporate and encourage a third party um blockchain developer third party blockchain companies to also deploy content in the metaverse so there's a little bit more of a multi-strand approach in doing that it means that we need to have really flexing flexible building opportunities not just let's say um a really technical uh building experience which typically is how uh decentraland have approached it that users need to have some sort of development experience whether that's with uh programming through unity or or, or even just from a, a building models for example in blender or, or maya they all require some sort of elements of of quality uh, of quality of uh, knowledge there from a technical capacity of course they have uh, recently implemented um a, a builder tool as well which is um obviously enabling uh, users to um, build on their uh, platforms a little bit more fluidly or with, with less technical expertise, uh, but the, it's fairly one-dimensional at present. So um, Sandbox uh, is a similar sort of uh, perspective where you, know, that you would use pre-existing assets to build. Um, in Cryptoverse, um, a massive focus for ourselves is not just on catering towards uh, businesses with technical capabilities to build uh, bespoke experiences uh, through uh, an SDK or a modding tool, uh, but also enabling users to not only dra drag and drop content through a predefined uh, user interface, but also to Terraform as well, meaning that you know you can actually shape the land uh, around you not necessarily up or down but if you deploy let's say a building the intention would be that you would be able to actually uh, you know change some of the features of those buildings uh, to be more bespoke to the experience that you're looking to implement so um, I'm in a very long-winded way there I hope I've highlighted a few of the differences uh, that users can expect um, uh, in cryptoverse to other metaverse platforms currently I definitely did. Um, I actually wanted to follow up on two points that you raised there. Uh, let me start with something more cryptoverse specific. So you did mention uh, the modding and the tools and things like that. What are some examples of like content that you know, as a, as a user, I could be essentially able to kind of create within cryptoverse with ease, right? Because again, it's not just specifically gaming experiences as much as it could be anything, right? So could you give us a few examples of that? 
Yeah, uh, so for example, um, we, one of our, um, well, one of our senior Houdini artists, and for those of you who don't know who, what Houdini is, it's a, a fairly, uh, you know, I would say, um, professional technical uh, tool, which uh, fairly um, comprehensively and, and, and intelligently enables you to create procedurally generated content. And uh, there's a lot of big words there, but so let me just kind of summarize it. Um, you know, basically drag and drop really cool content really quickly and cleverly rather than having to, let's say, uh, model every leaf on a tree. Um, so the intention would be uh, when, when a user comes in and they instance, for example, their land, that they would have uh, two options. They would have like um, content that is built by ourselves that they can drag and drop and deploy, like, you know, completely free onto their content, get some uh, sort of it, uh, it, it content and experience on there. Um, and then the, uh, another option would be, for example, some of the more bespoke or high, like, let's say, more highly desired and, and, and less common uh, NFT type buildings, which will be working with uh, the architectural firm and urban planning, uh, urban planning uh, company that we're working with, uh, which will be like for sale assets. So a user could, um, you know, purchase one of those assets and deploy that content really seamlessly to get some experience. So that's, that's one, like, that's basically one of the, the more simple tools. Uh, the more, um, let's say, technical tool would be a software development kit, which would effectively, um, seamlessly and intuitively measure the size of the land, um, give guidance on how high the content can be, and then effectively enable um, more technically adept individuals to be importing custom created content. Um, so if I create a, a building or, um, you know, like, a, I don't know, house or whatever in in Maya or Blender, which is like two of the more kind of industry standard modeling programs, you would be able to import it uh, into that tool and deploy that content as well. All right. Thanks. Thanks for that. I think it's, it's really exciting to see what people could possibly build as well, um, you know, aside from giving experiences. The second point was something you raised, I think, which is quite interesting, um, the, the concept of being interoperable right like the idea of being able to jump back and forth uh, across metaverses might sound ideal right now uh, perhaps too ideal for a lot of people but what's your view on that is that where metaverses should head or is that you know the natural progression or evolution of metaverses where you could essentially have an avatar that jumps between cryptoverse and sandbox and decentraland and back and forth or do you think that that's still you know quite um, far in terms of actually achieving that anytime soon i think it, it depends on what extent uh, the integration occurs. If, if I'm not mistaken, I already believe that there is uh, some kind of cross um, portaling available from Decentraland for to crypto voxels, for example. Um, so it, it can be done, um, but that comes from probably is born from the fact that uh, Ben Nolan, the guy who created crypto voxels, actually was uh, originally very early involved in the development work on Decentraland. So that naturally there was a, a kind of a crossover between those two that was able to be achieved fairly seamlessly. The problem comes when you're talking about uh, cross game engines, for example, from from Unity to um, Unreal Engine Five. Theoretically, it's it's it is possible, um, but you know 
you would probably need a company who, who would be just solely focused on uh, building the, the kind of, the, the, you know, the bridges uh, between those two worlds from a technological perspective. That in itself is a, is a huge job. So when you're looking at the platforms themselves and the metaverses, which are predominantly focused on obviously building their own infrastructure, both from a hardware and a software perspective, um, it's going to be very difficult for uh, them to put focus onto that uh, anytime in the near future. So you also need to have some sort of incentive, right, for each of the or each of the platforms. Uh, obviously, each platform has its own funding, its own company through their sales or their token or whatever it may be. But um, you know, to, to to kind of suggest to them that rather than build a really cool tool which users will want to use and be part of their metaverse and put focus, resource, attention, and finance into a tool which just builds a bridge across to another platform uh, is is quite is quite difficult to imagine unless there's an incentive to do so, uh, which will drive revenue to either either the platform or benefits their users sufficiently enough that it's deemed. Uh, reasonable to do like if if i have an avatar where you know i'm running about in the metaverse or, or in cryptoverse and i also want to use that avatar in sandbox it's like okay cool that is cool and of course this is all the, the i think that this is the future that we all imagine but where's the incentive for both the user and the platforms to do that other than the fact that it's just cool to do so there's some questions that uh, need to be probably answered there uh, and i'm sure it will come but when um, it's probably when we some of these platforms are in a mature enough state that they feel that they've got um, you know bandwidth to uh, extend resource onto that area. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it's still you know we've still got quite uh, a bit to go before we get to that future. But I think it is it might be kind of the the ultimate goal essentially where you can really you know jump across different metaverses because otherwise it's going to be very hard to keep up with all the different metaverses that come out. Um, but I want to kind of specifically go into another subtopic that maybe is kind of an area of a lot of speculation. Uh, I think it's perhaps thrown around too too easily uh, nowadays. Um, I want to talk about specifically what obviously we did as well with Pokestarter, which was the NFT land sale, right? Land is a, is a pretty hot topic. Uh, obviously, we've seen it go up in value with, with certain metaverses, but there's also a tendency to kind of just throw the word land into a lot of things. So I wanted to dive into cryptoverse land specifically and kind of what are the, you know, the use cases that you've drawn out over, you know, the next couple of months or years um, and like what's the value of owning a cryptoverse land? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. I, you're absolutely right to acknowledge that land has um, appreciated in value uh, fairly significantly across um, a number of uh, metaverses. Um, certainly, let's you know the, the more well-known ones, i.e., DCL, Sandbox, uh, Crypto Voxels. Uh, obviously, at, um, Bored Apes have just launched Other Side as well, which was extremely popular. The amounts of money they've raised is is absolutely uh, in, insane, really. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what 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 direction they're going. Um, I think obviously the, the purchase of digital land uh, is still quite highly speculative um, because you know ultimately, if even if you look at the more mature platforms for decentralized metaverses. Um, they are. They don't have huge amount of users. That's that's just fact. I mean, uh, the last data I saw suggested that uh, Decentraland was was probably in the like one to two k DAU. I don't think Sandbox is is too dissimilar. Um, and by and large, that would suggest that you know 
the land prices are, are highly speculative above what the use case is right now for those users. Uh, that said, what, what does drive some of this is that I think people envision a future where everything is becoming increasingly more digital. A lot of products are going to be activated through uh, different metaverse platforms because, you know, users envision, uh, you know, virtual worlds as, as kind of, um, you know, go-to places for, uh, for, for experiences which are affordable and also, you know, in, majorly interactive as well. So um, there are quite there are, there are some kind of I would say uh, fundamental value propositions which you know um, many people collectively understand. Um, but in terms of actually the, the 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 position of all of the metaverse products right now, I think that you know they are not where you know they they are they are not where the value of the land is currently with ref, ref, uh, you know reflective, right? So I think that that's the the first thing that's probably more of an opinion based on what I read and what I know of data rather than probably a statement of fact, but important important to acknowledge. Um, but in terms of um, you know cryptoverse, cryptoverse um, and the, the 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 land that users have acquired through PokerStar uh, offers, I would say you know huge amounts of uh, opportunity. Um, not not least in just as 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 a place which is owned by a, a user and the ability to you know gather there with friends and family as a, a digital representation of self and avatar. But a space which you know is 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 irrefutably owned by that user uh, and enables them to basically deploy content, which whereby the you know the imagination is the limit, um, and and monetize it in ways that that they they feel is fit for them. So really, it's a case of like asking the question of you know what can a user do with uh, a digital space which has no limits around. Uh, you know, physics and gravity and so on, other than the, the rules which are set by the users themselves. So really, it's it's extremely exciting. But often when we present that kind of response to users or that I present that that, that sort of use, uh, response to users, um, it's difficult to, I would say, uh, you know, users struggle to understand what is being suggested there because it's a little bit like saying to, to a child at school, right, here's a pen and paper write me a story, right? Um, a child can't do that, but as soon as you give them some kind of, or the struggle to do that, but as soon as you give them some, uh, I would say bullet points, or you give them some uh, like rules to follow, um, people's imaginations can flourish a lot better with, within it, like a, a set of parameters. So when I talk about uh, the, the, the possibilities being limitless, some some examples uh, I, I like to give some examples as well, which is what I think that you're you're asking for. So the opportunities would be, for example, uh, like let's say digital shops. So if you think of yourself as somebody who like likes fashion, that can be NFTs that you've bought from elsewhere, and then you set up a store. It could be uh, content uh, like that you've created yourself, and you might be thinking, well, I can't create that content well that's okay too you know you can you might do an initial drawing and then you can work with um, a modeler who would create them as digital assets and then you can agree with so, to some sort of monetization opportunity you know 50 50 on the sales of the nfts uh, for these uh, digital wearables that can go on your avatar so you know digital shops and that just isn't just kind of refined to 
um, you know, clothes, um, you know, vehicles and custom created vehicles are something as well that uh, in the future we want to kind of enable users to bring to. So if you think of your, if you like motorbikes, if you like cars and these types of things, you know, there's opportunity to uh, kind of get these added into the metaverse in the future as well and sell them for profit. Um, you can think about, for example, buildings in a similar capacity. It can be uh, web services. You could even set up your own NFT marketplace, you know, in in there as well. Digital artworks, another use case. And, of course, the one that's a little bit more difficult will be gaming uh, experiences because, unfortunately, you, you would obviously require some, some programming knowledge to uh, create custom games. And then, obviously, you can, you can monetize them in particular ways as well, even if it's just like, you know, 50p to play this game for a month or whatever it might be. Um, it could be a, a blockchain game where you're incentivizing users through uh, earning models and so on and so forth. Now, we'll be looking to kind of slowly but surely add tools which enable uh, individuals to create games with quite imaginative tools. So if you've ever, um, you know, played um, games where you can create mini games that do exist or if you can, uh, if you've ever played games where you can kind of terraform environments, uh, m many people really enjoy that, like Roblox, Fortnite, Valheim and so on. So, you know, these are just scratching the surface. I, I've, I've spoken to people about the opportunities, say, for example, to create rides and stuff. So imagine virtual reality experiences where uh, you've got a 100-foot water slide and, you, you know, you charge users, I don't know, 50p to have a go at that, you know. It's um, the, the, the kind of opportunities for what sort of content can be created on land are, are pretty much limitless. But of course, as well, you know, there's always kind of uh, opportunity for fractionalized ownership on, on an infrastructure layer. You can literally um, give an indefinite rent to a developer who's going to monetize the land through their own imaginations. And then you can just ask them for a percentage of whatever profits they make. So really, you know, the, the kind of the possibilities are endless. You, you could create... Um, you know, virtual conference areas, which is already happens quite a lot in places like DCL, for example, where you can host talks, you can have educational content where you, if you've got a particular um, area of expertise in life, like everybody's, you know, got some sort of expertise, whether that's um, direct education uh, through like uh, qualifications, degrees or whatever, uh, you can set up learn um, talks or classes around that. Uh, and you can teach and you can, uh, you know, charge people for your time for teaching, foreign languages, whatever it may be. So, yeah, um, I've gone off on a big tangent there, Omar, but it's a very big question that's quite difficult to uh, segment into uh, just a few sentences in terms of an answer. Nah, no worries. Um, I love tangents on, on this podcast. I think it, it always brings out um, a lot of different angles and different perspectives. Um, I wanted to touch on essentially, I mean, what we ended up doing together, but, you know, NFT sales and, and INOs have been a hot topic quite recently. Uh, I wanted to perhaps learn a bit more about your experience uh, with Pokestarter uh, doing your Cryptoverse launch. Um, how did that go out for you? What was kind of the reception from the community? Um, and then I'm going to ask you a few kind of uh, futuristic, looking forward, looking ahead questions. But let's let's start there with your experience, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I mean, our experience with Poker Starter has always been exceptional. Um, you know, over a year ago, um, we launched uh, the CGG token alongside uh, Poker Starter, um, which was majorly successful. Uh, our communities mesh really well together. Um, Poker Starter have a massive community of really avid supporters um, very passionate about 
the projects that launch on on PokerStarter because they know that they are typically, you know, in the upper echelons or the best projects that are coming to market. Um, so thankfully, working with, uh, you know, the PokerStarter team, Daniel et al., uh, you know, we always have an amazing experience because they, they I think, believe they recognize uh, the qualities that we can bring or that we do bring from a, you know, from a blockchain development point of view. Um, and likewise, simultaneously, we appreciate the, 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 you know, the expertise in, in, in reaching communities, educating communities and, and the marketing. So frankly, you know, the, the, uh, the, the land sale was really seamless. Um, you know, very, very kind of comfortable. Uh, to be working with the poker starter team and uh, yeah it's just always an absolute pleasure so um thank you once again for all of the hard work there omar uh from from everybody in the poker starter team um it's really appreciated from our point of view and uh we, we consist consistently look forward to delving into uh working very closely with um the the poker starter gaming guild as well both from chain guardians rpg and also cryptoverse going forwards that's always that's always great to hear thanks thanks for that robbie um i wanted to ask specifically in terms of challenges like what what's been the biggest challenge for you ever since the nft land sale like what what are you kind of what have you you know what have you overcome as a challenge or perhaps what are you still trying to overcome as a challenge the biggest um the, the biggest challenge that i feel that we face um is definitely uh finding a balance between uh, keeping uh, the community updated versus tunnel visioning onto development. Um, and this is why we really, I, I really appreciate this opportunity to speak with the community uh, and probably even maybe alleviate some kind of concerns. It felt like after the uh, land sale, we probably went a bit quiet on everybody and people were probably a bit like, what the hell's going on? Um, but it's, it's a difficult balance because, um, you know, you can't just kind of like throw out little uh, leaks or updates non-stop because th there's no substance to that. Uh, and we always try to make sure that we have like something meaningful and worthwhile to communicate. Otherwise it's a case of that some of the important things will then get lost if you're just consistently throwing out little bits, uh, such as, you know, communicating when people need to make sure that they uh, get the goal using the global to claim tokens and coming to redeem land and stuff. So this is one of the challenges we've had. Uh, and also like, for example, I have problems uh, with trust, uh, not, not with the community, but um, this is a really competitive space. And, and I honestly feel as though some of the tools and uh, some of the um, world building that we are doing um, is top of the class. Um, and what I mean by that is, um, we've been working and, and, and spent a lot of money uh, to work with uh, an architectural firm on, on, on basically design, uh, block out, um, and, and actually the modeling of, of um, the central business district area in the hub. Um, my fear is that uh, I would love to show all the community that because I think that it would just absolutely blow minds. But the reason that uh, I refrain from doing this despite the process of the marketing team is because I fear that if those images get shared around, uh, that, you know, another metaverse uh, project may just decide to try and yoke some of those designs that we've uh, basically attributed a lot of finance from our fundraising to actually get done, right? But once they're modeled and once they're in the metaverse, it's much more difficult for um, 
a, a pro, uh, you know, like another project to come and uh, steal that because the IP is is there all kind of to be seen. So um, this is one of the challenges. It's a similar sort of thing with with, with both the avatars and the vehicles that we're also creating. Uh, we try to keep things a little bit close to our chest until the point we think that the timing is right. But we also recognize that sometimes we're not feeding enough out to the community. So I think that this is one of the key challenges that we, we constantly have. It's, it's also this thing of us, for example, um, you know, how much t resource do we allocate to creating really cool videos to map, to show the community about what's coming next? Because for those of you that aren't like technically kind of savvy on, on the process for video creation versus, uh, metaverse creation, metaverse is Unreal Engine 5. So the, 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 op the optimization of the models, um, is very different from, um, you know, creating um, a model or, you know, 3D asset for a, a video because you, you have different types styles of rendering. You have offline and online. Online is like, you know, uh, real time, uh, i.e. when you're playing a game, that's real time video rendering. Offline is, is like, you know, basically it's rendered, uh, and it's, it's therefore it's a video. It's not happening in real time, but the way that those models are created and the different types of quality that you can put into those models differ very. And all of this means huge amounts of kind of uh, time. So the, the, the model for Bitser, which will be in game, would be different from the one that would be used in a video because of the different types of quality. It's like watching a movie versus playing a game, right? So it's about deciding where best to utilize the resource uh, so that we are showing the users that the world that we're building, uh, but without taking too much resource away from uh, the actual development of the world itself. And striking a balance between the two of them um, is really difficult to do. Uh, via V, let's take a let's take a case in point. <clears throat> um, Bored Apes uh, video for other side, super cool video. I mean, amazing with the monkey sat there and all the ape and he's kind of throwing about and whatever else. So, um, it looks phenomenal, right? Um, but I would say probably ninety five percent of what is used in that video cannot be reused in their in their metaverse. Um, because you know the models are not optimized, they need retopologizing, the animations wouldn't wouldn't work either. So, you know, the way that the that the moves doesn't land itself. Uh, a lot of the um the background is 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 not in engine either. It's probably rendered in something like V-Ray, which is an offline tool. So they can, you know, the backgrounds mostly can't be used. So all that video that they've probably spent a lot of money on and looks really super cool is pretty much not use, usable in world um, <clears throat> because it's just not scalable. And, and basically, when you've got a lot of users running about with real-time graphics, um, it just doesn't work. So this this is the other challenge that we're facing is that it's a case of, you know, um, resource management between kind of development versus marketing materials and keeping the community updated. And I would say that that's probably our number one challenge um, that we've faced. No, I think that's that's definitely a, a good approach to, to kind of look at that challenge and definitely a good perspective to kind of try and draw out, um, you know, a lot of quality. Um, I understand kind of wanting to give the community more, but also still wanting to hold back. I think it's, it's a fair kind of judgment to make. Um, in terms of the community and obviously kind of, you know, post nft mint uh, you know nft sale what's the process looking forward in terms of like minting the land like what is it going to look like in terms of acquiring them or actually trying them out what are your timelines in terms of cryptoverse overall i guess um is this kind of my question here yeah um really important one thank you omar um so we're still on track you know this this is why probably there's not been huge amounts of leaked content to the community is because we've we've, we've prioritized development 
Um, and, and I have to start by saying that the development work that we're doing here uh, has never been done before. Um, I, I, we were actually having this, this discussion this morning where one of our developers basically said that the, the actual tech that we've built to enable the land picking, for example, uh, probably could be sold for a hell of a lot of money because of how innovative it is uh, and how many metaverses going forward would probably absolutely love to what we're going to be uh, bringing to the community. Um, so, you know, just to just kind of like to point that out, um, but more importantly, obviously, timelines. So uh, the, the tokens that are going to be issued, the what we're calling the global claim tokens, which are going to be issued, um, we are anticipating sending them out um, at the beginning or middle of next week. Um, they have been, um, we're currently testing basically on testnet and stuff. So that's where that currently is. So there's a lot of um, moving pieces into making sure this land picker tool works. Uh, you're talking about five different disciplines. You know, we have uh, the Unreal developer, uh, we've Unreal Game Sync, we have the backend database in, which is done through like uh, MySQL and and and, uh, and, and uh, Python for any of you that understand what those 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 programming languages mean. Then you've obviously got the Solidity, uh, so you've got the smart contract devs as well that's involved, as well as the front-end web guy that's doing the UI UX, which would probably be elements of React and so on. You're talking about four or five different types of developers that are, uh, that are all working together to make sure that this experience works seamlessly and you know really intuitively for users. So, uh, of course, extensive testing is, is, is also required. So... That's where we're currently at. We're actually confident with uh, the, 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 the tool is working. Uh, the blockchain side's all in place. Uh, we've just audited uh, all, uh, all of the kind of data we've been sent to, sent from uh, the, the launch pads for the land sale, uh, and that, that all looks good too. So uh, we're anticipating the actual tokens being issued at some point next week. Uh, and then in terms of uh, the ability to come and users to come and select the land, uh, we anticipate that at the beginning of June. Again, it's, it's all on target. And uh, barring any, you know, kind of major stumbling blocks that are hit from a technical point of view, um, that should that should be the case. Um, beyond that, um, it's a case of then knuckling down um, and um, getting the, uh, the, service, uh, the server infrastructure in the right place uh, so that users can... Uh, en masse where possible uh, enter the enter the metaverse uh, and, and interact with one another for for that to happen uh, again there's a, there's there's a, a lot of work that that needs to be done um we're, we're very we're, con we're confident we can make that happen so we have the uh, the content creation team who creates the content uh, composed of houdini artists modelers uh, animators riggers you name it uh, artists as well to the implementation team which is you know, typically the Unreal developers, um, and then obviously you need backend work for the for the servers, uh, and then you sort of like front end UI UX stuff as well. So um, the aim for uh, a, what I would call is like a closed alpha. And when I say closed alpha, the intention will be that no one will be able to enter the metaverse unless you're a landowner, uh, and that would be uh, by the end of the year is the goal. Possibly uh, early, early in next year, maybe January, February, uh, as a, as a, as a, as a kind of longer term uh, timeline. And in that experience, uh, we are looking to integrate some of the kind of basic functionality. That will be users can select an avatar. Users can run about the world, have some interactions with some items like you know open doors, you know um, pick up chairs, that sort of thing. 
and that will be through to uh, like you know basically peer-to-peer uh, communication uh, certainly through typing possibly also through voice uh, but we'll need to see how that goes from a testing perspective around like you know if people are being bad actors and swearing and whatever else we need to think about what protocols we can put in place to manage that uh, all the way through to actually having the very first city up and built, meaning the central business district area, which I referred to before, which is uh, like a, a basically a, a small city uh, and users being able to run around and explore that city. So that's the goal for uh, the end of the year. And that would be the kind of the ne- like uh, the next major uh, development goal from there. Uh, between now and then, uh, we, uh, in between this timeline, we also plan to... Um, basically uh have a marketplace up and running uh for um you know the the the, the sale and purchase of, of of the lands that are currently for users to, to trade if they want to do so uh, as well as probably um outlining some of the initial buildings and uh, vehicles so we're considering uh if we can integrate them uh alongside this uh, the, the, this fresh development goal uh, a couple of vehicles that may be able to be used so we may also do a sale for the vehicle between now and then as well or some of the early vehicles should i say hopefully that answers question Omar. Definitely does. And I think it sounds super exciting. I think everyone will be looking forward to everything that's yet to come for you guys as well. Um, I wanted to actually before before we get to the final question, let me let me give uh, one final reminder for everyone. We're we are doing a po app uh, for this poll side. We will be giving you the secret word, but it will come towards the end of the session. So again, just one final kind of teaser there. Um, one last question for you, uh, Robbie, and then I think I'll, I'll let you kind of share anything else that you might have um, that you haven't shared yet with the community or anything that you want to kind of draw attention to. In terms of the future of Cryptoverse, what can we look forward to? I know you touched on a lot of things in terms of, you know, uh, the quality. I know you touched on a lot of things in terms of like the potential and the possibilities. But if there was one thing that you had to kind of almost not really summarize, but essentially point at and say, you don't want to miss this. What's that for you guys at Cryptoverse at the moment? Yeah, um, probably uh, probably a couple of things to to kind of maybe uh, talk. <laughs> pick one. Pick one. I'm putting you on the spot. You got to pick one. Okay, pick one. Uh, I, I in the short term, the medium term, or the long term? That's that's the question I'd ask you, Omar. <laughs> How about we do both? So I'll give you two, and in, in, in that case, one short term, <laughs> one long term. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I think uh, you know, in 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 the short term, uh, what 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 I think is going to be really really cool is it's kind of what I just referenced is the the ability to kind of like drive around the city area um, in the uh, in in a vehicle like a motorbike or something like that, and and interact interact with other landowners and peers inside the cryptoverse uh, by sort of end of this year, beginning of next. I think that just that experience in itself, it's at that point, yes, it's fairly basic. There's a lot of tools to be built. There's a long way to go. But at that point, the metaverse is live. And and I think that that's, you can't get away from the fact that that's when the excitement's probably going to really start around cryptoverse, when people can see it and they can go into it and they can interact like and drive around. So for me, you know, <laughs> at, at that point, I, I'll, I'll be, like be getting a lot more excited. Um, look out for, uh, in terms of telltales around that, uh, we've actually already got um, Bitsy modeled and she's running about in Unreal Engine as an avatar. So look out for a, a leak of that probably over the next few months um, and you'll start to maybe get some of the imagination going. Uh, so I'd definitely say 
Um, that's a short, the short-term one. Uh, longer term or medium to longer term, look out for some traditional brands that may be entering the cryptoverse with some kind of uh, exciting IP and rights ownership, uh, which you know are probably from some from from some names that you would be familiar with uh, from the uh, you know from let's say traditional large corporations and businesses. Uh, so at that point, I think that that's when the metaverse starts to become more. I, I would say. Um, exciting because you get this kind of clash of uh, branding and IPs and uh, different types of content, uh, which, you know, might be more in line with if you've ever seen Ready Player One and, you know, you see the avatars present at that point um, where it's like you've got Pac-Man and then you've got Tracer from Overwatch and then you've got the avatar that the, the guy uses in Ready Player One and they're all kind of enmeshed together. Uh, I think, you know, in the longer term, uh, that 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 amalgamation of different stylizations is something to really excite users, um, and that's also what what excites me. So, um, yeah, I think those two things um, are the, the the kind of obvious things that I point to. Again, definitely sounds really exciting. I think the Ready Player One kind of um, example there is also probably what people are most excited about, like the ability to kind of you know hop back in and out of kind of different almost games or different kind of almost realities essentially in this metaverse is probably what everyone's super excited about definitely what i'm really excited about as well um i think obviously adding to that the quality of, of the work that you guys are putting out in terms of you know the way everything looks but also obviously the way that everything will play out um is essentially going to be huge for for everything that you guys are building at cryptoverse uh before i kind of give you you know a few kind of uh, moments to give us some parting thoughts i just wanted to Remind everyone now that the POAP secret code that you've been waiting for since the beginning, um, that freebie that we reminded you of, the secret code, and I'll do this as, as loud and clear as possible because I tend to get like DMs asking for the code again. Um, so here it goes. It's number eight, the letter N, capital. Important to get the capital right. The letter O, again, capital. So that's eight, N, O, and then number five. Eight, N, O, five. I'll repeat it one last time. Eight, capital N, capital O, number five. There you go, done. Okay, so Robbie, sorry for the housekeeping. Um, I wanted to, to just kind of give you the opportunity to give us some parting thoughts or kind of any final words for the community. Um, you know, whether it's, it's from a Cryptoverse perspective or not, I think, um, you know, the floor is yours. I'll just, I'll let you kind of almost do the outro for us uh, for this episode. Yeah, thank you so much. So I guess um, a couple of things to kind of, uh, that, that, that sometimes I think get a little bit lost. Um, in, in, in our communications and obviously we, we, we're working on that um, to be more clear with, with the community and um, to, be, to be as like, you know, in, in updating the community as well as we can, we can uh, is that, um, you know, we, we uh, that basically we, we have a one token called CGG token currently and, and that will, will be the, the go that is the governance token for Cryptoverse. It does cross over with, um, a couple of other products in our ecosystem as well, which is the, the RPG and the, uh, the, the, the launchpad uh, incubator protocol called Chainboost. So, um, that's why there's some confusion about that. And, uh, so we've been asked a lot about like, you know, where's your token? Where's your token? And, and I think I'd just like to sort of like point that out to, 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 to new members to, to the ecosystem is that the CGG token is the governance token, uh, for, for, um, cryptoverse as well. Um, the kind of the second point I'd, I'd like to make to, to, to users as well is that like, uh, we we do work really really hard. Um, for those that have probably been 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 with part of the community longer term via Chain Guardians and stuff, they they are, are, 
probably they already know that uh, but for those that are newer they might might look at this going they haven't seen lots lots of updates it's just a case of that that that, that challenge that i talked about before is we, we try to get our heads down and focus on as much as developing the world as, as possible um which sometimes is at the behest of maybe some of the the updates um again this is this is something that we're, we're working on trying to uh, be more kind of proactive in, in updates and more consistent uh, to the community in a more kind of structured manner. Uh, so so please bear with us on on, on, on that side of the things. We've got a, a new uh, CMO uh, coming on board with us uh, purely for Cryptoverse um, in the next week or two. So um, they're starting and we're very excited about that. And uh, they're probably one of the first things we talked about with them is implementing some uh, email updates uh, by way of like a weekly or bi-weekly newsletter. Um, so make sure if you aren't yet that you're signing up for um, you know, on the Cryptoverse website to, to keep up to date with those updates. Um, the other point of note is that um, I, I need to really iterate that when the minting um, when the minting uh, occurs in early June, uh, please make sure that you. Uh, I, I know it may not be completely possible for some people if they're away from computer or other reasons, but really try your best to make sure that you uh, participate in that in that minting window uh, because uh, otherwise there might be a period of time before you're unable to to mint your land um this is just because of some uh technical kind of uh decisions that we've had to take because we're using multi-chain uh and the way that the kind of uh, token IDs interact and, and on the back end um, is fairly complex. Um, so I don't want to kind of go into too much detail because I think that that will lose users and, and it might be a little bit too uh, complicated for people. But uh, just as a, as a kind of underlining point, try your best to make sure that you are participating in that. Otherwise, you might find that, you know, the lands positions that you may have had your heart set on uh, may, be, may be lost to you. Um, that obviously you still get your land of course in time but I'm talking about if you've got somewhere in mind that you really want um, if, if you don't make that minting uh, those minting dates uh, it might be a case that you miss out so I just wanted to make sure that users are um, kind of as informed about that as possible no, thanks for that. I appreciate it. And I think everyone else in the crowd will appreciate it as well. Make sure you don't miss your, your mint date uh, so that you get your hands on, on kind of the, the land spots that you really wanted in Cryptoverse. Thank you so much for joining us, Robbie. I think this was a pleasure. It was really insightful just to kind of take a look at, you know, the metaverse in general as, as kind of a hot topic, all the kind of different subtopics around it that maybe are areas of speculation, but at the same time, really diving into Cryptoverse and what you guys are building. I think it's 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 really exciting. Um, you're super passionate about it. You can, I, I think the audience can tell just from, from listening to you hearing uh, everything that you've described for us so far. Um, I think it's, it's only going to get even better and better and, and only even more exciting. So thanks for joining us. And again, to the audience, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. This was it for Poolside with Pokestarter. We'll be back with more amazing guests, with more crypto topics and with more projects that I think are going to change the space moving forward as well. Thanks once again, Robbie.